I am not going to address any of the scripture readings for today, but I wish to follow up on last week's sermon. On the morning of November 9th, our alarm clocks will go off at their appointed times. We'll roll out of bed to make the coffee, get the kids ready for school, put the dog out, jump into the shower, scarf down a quick breakfast, and head off for another day of work. There will, however, be a major difference. We will wake up to the reality that a new president of our nation has been elected and all the consequences that will set into motion. Now, if the political pundits are correct, that neither candidate had been so much enthusiastically endorsed as reluctantly voted for in opposition to a candidate thought to be even more repulsive, then it is very likely that over half the American population will wake up on November 9th highly dissatisfied, disgusted, maybe angry with the election results. This means that an already deeply polarized nation could become even more so with half the electorate seeing themselves as hopelessly disenfranchised from the nation. Add to that all the scandal we have witnessed so far, the mutual accusations of financial impropriety by both the Trump and the Clinton Foundation, anti-Catholic bigotry by the Democratic Party in its efforts to undermine the church for which we still have not been given an apology. Accusations of the election being rigged. The firebombing of Republican campaign headquarters as an act of political intimidation. Serious claims of voter fraud. And a host of other issues all suggest that violence could erupt by those utterly disgusted with the system. Let us pray that does not happen, but it would be prudent to expect it. What we have been witnessing is not merely the embarrassing spectacle of two candidates woefully inadequate for the presidency, but something much more profound, the depths of division, distrust, rancor, and incivility to which we, the American people, have sunk. We might like to blame Trump, we might like to blame Clinton, we might like to blame any politician, but the truth is our politicians are reflections of us. As Catholics, we have two great advantages to offer our nation. First, we know from sacred scripture and sacred tradition that our God is active in human history. He can, he has, and he will bring any situation, even the most intense political, moral, and social divisions in our nation to the end he desires. He can even bend evil to his will. God then, is in charge of history, not us. We can, however, assist God 
through the exercise of an informed conscience and bring our faith into the voting booth and in all aspects of national life. This is precisely what the enemies of religion fear most. Second, we know Jesus personally established his church on earth as the secure anchor and hope for mankind and has assured us that the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. No matter what happens, we, his church, will survive. And if we must undergo politically inspired persecution because our views on the dignity of the human person and the moral positions that come from those views are not in sync with those who are in power, we not only will ultimately prevail, but we will emerge stronger. As is always the case, however, this only comes at the price of great suffering and perhaps the blood of many martyrs. History has taught us that all kinds of governments have sought to silence or crush our church, to eradicate opposition to their social engineering agendas, and all have failed, though without creating great evil first. And all will fail, because the Lord of history is also the head of his church. And these advantages allow us to be bold in living our faith, whatever the circumstances. And at this time of history, they empower us for the following. First, forgiveness for those who allowed politics to shred relationships with family and friends. Second, contrition when our political views have shredded relationships with family and friends. Third, relentless Christian political activism at all levels of national life. Christians must no longer commit the sin of silence when we are told that our views are not welcomed in the public arena or when political power is used to intimidate us. We must unapologetically assert ourselves as good citizens of our country, understanding that our ability, our duty to do so, stems precisely from the spiritual reality that we are first citizens of the kingdom of God. And all of us are called to transform the world. Fourth, we watch our politicians and our political parties like hawks, relentlessly confronting them when we perceive them veering off course. Never wrote to a congressman, never wrote to a senator, never wrote to a president. Well, get your stationery and your stamps ready. And if necessary, we should consider the creation of a third party, that will welcome all people of all religious faiths. Finally, we vote for women and men 
We share our vision of the dignity of the human person as, as being made in the create, made, created in the love and image of God, and that it is the duty of government to protect that dignity from conception to death, not define that dignity, not control that dignity, not destroy that dignity. Our nation right now is suffering deep and festering wounds. More and more people are expressing doubts if there can be any healing. If we have grown too far apart for reconciliation, it remains to be seen if our nation can be healed. One thing is certain. There is no chance for healing and remaining a republic of United States until each of us is healed from within, seeks to help others to heal, and together return to the difficult task of a genuine democracy, seeking the common good. That is always the work of God's grace, not blind adherence to political agendas, be they liberal or conservative. Unless we try to ignore the deep wounds our nation is suffering from. Let us remember that there was one attempt to dissolve the Union when the populations of many states believed themselves to be hopelessly disenfranchised from national government and life. The result was a civil war that took more American lives than all the wars our nation fought put together. If we, the people, do not bring the principles of faith into every aspect of national life, including the voting booth, if we, the people, are not just, if we, the people, do not pursue truth, if we are not prudent, then the growing divisiveness the pervasive mistrust of government, the increasing despair of so many not having any meaningful say on the direction our nation should go, and the growing chasm in how our Constitution is interpreted could set the stage for unimaginable chaos. There is much at stake in how we bring our faith into the voting booth on November 8th. There is even more at stake in how we bring our faith into the struggle to move our nation forward starting November 9th. God protect the United States of America. <laughs>